Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller here along with Robert Glasscock. And as many of you know, Robert wrote television shows for about 15 years in Los Angeles. And there is a course that he did for Kepler College, some material that he has put together and wants to share with you now about how you can actually use astrology if you were writing or let's say you were creating something and you wanted to see how astrology could help you with the storyline of what you're doing. This is fascinating and Robert is an expert at this. So let's learn from the master. Robert? I love this technique and I have taught it. I taught some writing seminars in Los Angeles and did write for network television for 15 years. And people, and mostly what I wrote were two hour long form, they call it movies of the week, two hour movies. I also worked on a couple of hour, hour long series and so on. But I discovered that if you, and it doesn't matter what sort of writing project you're working on, it could be an article, a nonfiction article. It could be a, a book, a novel. In fact, I'm about to work uh, with somebody over in Europe on exactly this. She's putting together a trilogy, and this is a, a published writer. Uh, the chart that we are looking at right now um, that Thomas has is for this moment right now. So, And by the way, let me just tell everybody, Robert, that this is in the show notes. If you go to the show notes, yeah. there will be a link right up toward the top, and that's where you can see what he's taking. You need to download this because it's going to be all through this episode. Exactly. Thanks. So what you do as a writer or you're thinking about a project, let's say, uh, you'll come to a point where your head will say, I'd love to see what astrology has to say about this. And believe it or not, you have your entire story in front of you. Once, If the moment of asking is that urgent, the chart will reflect everything you need to know about it. So let's just pretend that I want to write a story, or you want to write a story based on this horoscope and what it suggests. And let's just say arbitrarily it's fiction. It's going to be a drama, or maybe it'll be a comedy. We don't know yet, or maybe it'll be both. Well, we have Scorpio rising in the charts. So here is the, here's the underlying message, theme, if you will, of the whole project, it has to do with sex, money, and transformation. Now, this can go in any number of directions. That's just taken from the Scorpio Ascendant. You've got all these planets in the 12th house. What is the 12th house rule? Secrets, for one thing. So this is going to be a piece about how secrets can either destroy or regenerate a sexual, emotional, or marital, or business relationship, and a monetary relationship. Do you see where we're going already? Yes, got and it. You've, and you've got at least five characters, all of whom have secrets. You've got a Mercury and Libra character. This is a younger person, probably a male, probably married. You've got the sun in Scorpio. This is your business tycoon, the richest person in the story, who's also possibly a crook. 
because it's in the 12th house. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You've got Venus exactly on top of that crook's son, the big power magnate. Venus is his wife. She's in collusion with him, and it's tearing her up inside. Venus conjuncts the moon. This is her gynecological organs and their sex life. Look at what we're getting here. This is incredible. So, I'm muting myself out so that I can. This is just amazing. <laughs> wow. And maybe the Mercury in Libra is their son, their boy. And then you've got a final character who's represented by the South Node in Scorpio. This could mean an element of death and the supernatural that comes into the story. Something from beyond the grave, something that happened in the past that involved sex and money and violence that comes back to haunt all these people. And then you've got the part of fortune rising in Scorpio. So somebody in this family that, that we've just described is either dying or just died. And it's about the will and the estate. So look at what you've got already in terms of characters and themes. You want to know where the twists and turns are, the unexpected surprises. It's in it's Uranus, where Uranus is. And Uranus will represent another character in this story uranus and taurus retrograde that is somebody out of the past probably a past husband or wife of this couple that we've just described coming back into the picture out of nowhere so you begin to read these and and also you can see that the, this is about divorce uranus and taurus in the seventh so this woman would love to leave this powerful crook of a husband but she can't because of whatever circumstances money probably and now already i'm thinking wow what if this mother convinced her son to kill his father. It's a murder story. Now, look, this is what I use to write for television because I have Venus and Scorpio, and I love all this. What if this mother, in order to save herself and her son from this incredibly abusive and incredibly wealthy man, stages a murder with her son and possibly an ex-lover of hers, shown by Uranus and Taurus, here are the uh, the twists and turns that you get. Where are the secrets? They're where Neptune is. Well, it's in the fifth house of children. Uh-oh, we're talking illegitimate children coming into the picture here. Possibly biracial children with Neptune in Pisces. So now if we have this couple in a position of power where racism, look at uh, the royal family in Britain and Meghan and Harry. Racism can rear its ugly head in any kind of family. And that, here again, we have Neptune and Pisces. So there is some secret involving children and sex that you can begin again to think about. There's a religious connotation mixed in with all this because Jupiter of religion, Sagittarius, is right there by Neptune. So now we have potentials for a corrupt religious figure or a corrupt religious element in this story or a tremendous religious conflict let's say that the wife is a devout catholic but her husband is agnostic or worse 
so that there's another element of conflict. You have Saturn in the fourth house, so home and property are all at stake, and that's an accident at home. It's possibly even electrocution at home. Look at where I'm going with this, just letting your mind read these archetypes. So what if the mother and the son plot together to electrocute this father and husband in a home accident? So now you begin to flesh out these bare backbones of this story. Do you see how this works? That's in a nutshell. And then you can make more out of the signs on each cusps and the planetary rulers and especially derivative houses, especially those. Yeah, throw a couple of examples of aspects and derivative houses. All right. So there we've, we've talked about this story with involving all of these secretive, really criminal people. And that's what unites them. And it's so obviously, this is all about a power play. And, and the theme is about regeneration, ultimately. If it's not about regeneration, then you have a tragedy. If nobody is redeemed, if the good guys don't win, then you have a tragedy. Uh, if the good guys win, you have a drama. If the good guys win and slip on a banana peel, you have a comedy. So, we're talking about regeneration. So, who is going to be the good guy? You look to what planet? Jupiter. Jupiter. And it's in the fifth house of children, conjunct Neptune, illegitimate children or secret children. So, now you know that a secret child on somebody's part is going to be the saving grace or the savior in the story. And this will tell you something, too. So whose child is it? Would it be the, the husband, the crook, or would it be the wife's child? Neptune is in Pisces, both a female planet and a female sign. It is probably a secret child on the part of this wife who comes back into the picture and somehow saves the day. Now, it, that, that child could have grown up to be a priest, if you want to talk about a religious character, could have grown up to be a shrink. So you can figure out ways to fit, but, but the key is that it's this secret child of the wife and how that child fits into this picture. And then you want to look at uh, what else? The husband's, what? The husband's health. Well, if you've identified the son as representing this powerful, rich husband, then you mentally put that son on the first cusp and you think, well, his health would be the sixth house position from the two Scorpio sun. That would put it in Aries. So there's his health. And in fact, his whole psychology, because his sixth house. And so you can look at Neptune and Pisces and Jupiter, particularly in Aries, in conjunct his son. So he's absolutely one of these type A personalities who is, in fact, very smart and also unscrupulous and also very likely has hypertension and cardiovascular problems. Jupiter in Aries is the brain, stroke. Sun in Scorpio, if it's afflicted, cardiovascular. So you can begin to get incredible amounts of detail out of all this when you read derivative houses like that. 
This is making sense, Thomas. Gosh, I love this. This is incredible. Like I said, I'm just over here having a, a fit off the mic. <laughs> so one thing comes to mind is, can you also throw horror area? Or I guess that was another piece of this that I had the question is, when do you cast this chart? And would horary be a piece of this? Absolutely it is. For example, the orary timetable that we use in the practicums for ORI, you can use it here to get a timeline. For example, whatever question you want to ask, well, uh, how far into the story does the murder of the lousy husband, the rich, tyrannical criminal husband, take place? Well, the husband is going to be ruled, we've decided, by the son at 2 Scorpio. So you want to look at aspects between the sun and some of the malefics to see, well, in fact, it's going to square Saturn in Aquarius in about 16 degrees. The sun. Yes. This this character, the, the crook, the bad guy. From the, two degrees and, now to, and then the Saturn is at 18. So there's 18, your spread. So, so 16. 16. Well, the sun is the one that has to do the moving to make that aspect complete. So it's in a fixed sign. And in terms of the character, the man, it's on the first cusp. So it's angular and fixed. And in the orary timetable, depending on whether a planet is angular, succeeding, or cadent, or cardinal, or mutable, or fixed, angular and fixed is days, is months. So yeah, I, I don't have the worry timetable up here to show you, but the, I will put it in the show notes. Okay, all right. So we're talking approximately sixteen months into the story. Now that may be in the first act, but it's sixteen months. So we've already then got a time frame for the death of this man to be about a year and a half from when our story begins. So already we've gotten a big clue about how long a time frame are we going to cover in this two-hour movie or in this novel? Well, already we know at least a year and a half. And look, the story doesn't end with his death. In fact, it's probably just beginning. But it gives us an idea of the scope of the, if it's a drama or a play or a movie, a scope of the time frame even that's involved. And you want to know when certain actions are going to have to take place within that story. So we've got Mars in Gemini in the eighth house. Mars, a violent planet in Gemini, an ancient sign of violence, usually with gunshots or choking or stabbings. But it can also be through asphyxiation, smothering because of the lungs and breathing. It's in a house of violence. So we're talking about probably two, because of Gemini, two violent deaths. And you can even time those within this story, depending on whose death you're looking at. So if, again, let's say that we're looking at the uh, the sun as this antagonist, so this guy it's a two degree scorpio mars is at 25 and a half gemini so that's 23 degrees from an exact in conjunct so it's going to be it's an in conjunct notice so it's going to be an attempted murder they're going to try now you've got another twist if it if it's the mother and the son plotting they're going to try once and fail which builds the suspense it didn't work oh my god are they going to get caught is the husband going to kill him 
What's going to happen? Are they going to do it again? Do you see what I mean? Already we're ratcheting this story up through actions, Mars in Gemini in the eighth house, and how each action irretrievably leads you deeper and deeper into the abyss of this story. Because these people keep making wrong choices, except for this surprise kid out of this woman's past who comes in and saves the day. And then you can begin to see how does he or she do that. And in that case, you would be looking at Neptune and the fifth house for that child. And considering Jupiter there, one is in Pisces, one is in Aries. So just begin to build in your own imagination and understanding of what these archetypes are. That's how you kind of use derivative houses and orary techniques to even get time frames. This is incredible. All right, I want to know a couple of things. When do you cast this chart? You cast it for the moment that the question becomes really pertinent to you, really urgent. Now, it can be, it can feel like a whim. If you've been thinking about, I mean, having been a writer all my life, I've always got projects going in my head. But at some point, when you sit down, and I just did this a few years ago, I happened to write another, another script. And, uh, as I realized I was going to write it, I thought, all right, let me see what astrology has to say about this. And I set up the chart for that moment and then did exactly this, read read the chart for characters and twists and turns and secrets and actions and heroes and heroines and antagonists and the bad guys and the good guys, all of that. So you used this in Hollywood? Yes, you bet, and taught it. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Here was another thought I had. Uh, Listeners to this podcast know what's going on in the sky. They are educated and a lot of them know exactly where the planets are at any given time. So it's kind of hard because they know, well, yeah, I mean, the moon right now is going to be in the 12th house. So um, what would you do if you cast a void of course moon? Would you recast that or would you No, use it? no, not in this kind of situation. This is not a question that has any, this is a question about a story. So if it were an event in your life or a decision in your life, as opposed to a fictional story, then this, you would read Void of Course Moon. But for this, it's a fictional progress, project. So whatever house the moon rules, in this case, the ninth house, which is legal, those issues will go nowhere if this if this happened to be a void of course moon which it is not and you could make that element a part of the story so that as as the people the heroes and heroine try for justice they keep getting thwarted by the courts by the house that the moon rules that void of course moon their legal attempts to get help and remedy the situation to turn the guy in or whatever it is go nowhere because he's so powerful, he buys off the cops. So they have to resort, finally, to violence in order to save themselves. So now you're trying to turn the, the wife and mother and son into the good guys. They're under, they're under that kind of peril, life or death peril. See where this begins to build just by talking about it, exploring about it. And you begin to realize, oh my gosh, I've already got the seeds of a really interesting story here. Not only that, to me, this seems like it would be probably the most fun way to learn astrology. It is. <laughs> be- because no matter where you are in your knowledge of 
astrology, you could sit down with any chart at any given time, or you could walk throw one back from 1982. It doesn't matter. And you could write a story based on your knowledge. And as you get to, let's say, in this particular chart, Uranus, over there in the seventh house, 17 degrees in Taurus, in retrograde, and you realized that you didn't have a great grasp of Uranus in the seventh house. Well, you could do a lot of research on Uranus in the seventh house, and you could build a whole story just around that, and now all of a sudden, you really have Uranus in the seventh house. This is incredible. One other thing I might point out here is Uranus in the seventh house in this chart. Uranus is the surprise in the story. Uranus in the seventh house is an astrological counselor. Seventh house counseling, Uranus astrology. So suddenly we now have a character who comes in and through astrology plays a crucial role in solving the story. You see what I mean? You could make it metaphysical, which the market is adapting to these And days. we already talked about the potential for there to be some spiritual or metaphysical elements in this story with Scorpio and especially the South Node in Scorpio rising. So this is one of those instances where an astrologer might bring up something in a horoscope like, I want to talk to you about your father. Big, and you suddenly get into a crime that might have been committed by the father that when it's blown up, turns out to solve an unresolved case of 30 years ago. You see what I mean? I mean, it's again, it's your imagination springing off what you see in the chart. But I just happen to see, gee, I'd like to throw an astrologer in there to be the Uranus and Taurus retrograde in the seventh house. That would be a great character. Make it a woman. Well, I was going to say, okay, so here we go. If this was you, I'm looking at that south node in the 12th in Scorpio and relationship and Uranus and, and the north node, of course, right there on the cusp of the seventh house. You could channel an astrologer. So you bring yeah. back Linda Goodman to solve I this. love how you think. <laughs> Absolutely. The return of Linda Goodman. There you go. All right. Great point. <laughs> it is such a great springboard for creativity and look when you're doing non-fiction work it's the same thing you would see a chart like this let's say i'm doing a, an article on ted cruz I'm, i've interviewed ted cruz and i want to now write a piece on that interview this the same chart will show you where the action is where the surprises are and how to structure it Believe it or not. For example, we're talking about Ted Cruz, a story, just arbitrarily, I'm choosing that. And the subject of the of the interview is shown at the first house. So Ted Cruz in this scenario is shown by Scorpio, which keeps its its cards very close to the vest. It's also in conjunct its ruler, Mars in Gemini. So you know that this guy talks out of both sides of his mouth. And that's shown by the Mars and Gemini. And, and your, your whole piece, this nonfiction piece, is going to be structured around demonstrating his own duplicity and hypocrisy. That's for starters. Wow. Do you see what I mean? So you yeah. can use it either way. Incredible. By the way, there is one book that I would recommend to every writer, no matter what kind of writing you do. It's called Writing for Story. 
and it's by a John J.O.N. Franklin. Most amazing book on writing I have ever read. He shows you how to outline anything from an article to a screenplay to a trilogy of novels a mile thick using, get this, 15 words in five three-word sentences. I know that sounds incredible, but it is the best book on how to structure anything on writing that I've ever read. Writing for story. Well, my friend, you have just displayed again why you're the goat, but you've taken it up a bar. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> It's a good thing I'm too old to get a swell head, Thomas. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll. Uh, I think you and I have boxed ourselves in on some things. We're going to have to do a horary class, and we are going to have to put all of this material together in something to offer out to people. Our show notes is a repository of information regarding everything related to an episode. So check in there for the chart again if you missed it from the earlier part of the podcast. And we also have our Discord channel. And I'm thinking if you guys have a lot of questions about this, you can leave it on our SpeakPipe. That's where we pick up listener messages is on SpeakPipe. And that's at the top of the funastrology.com website. Also, if you would leave your questions in Discord, go to the Discord channel. It's free to join Fun Astrology Podcast. Join there and Kristen Lawhead will funnel those to us. And we can answer more questions on this because I know you're going to have some great ones. This could go on forever. We could start a whole podcast just off of this one thing. Thank you so much for listening. Robert, thank you for such a great topic. We'll see you next time on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with the GOAT, Robert Glasscock. Thanks for listening. <music>